Teen Time Present Podcast On Demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.hk. Teen Time Podcast On Demand. Make 'em laugh, make 'em laugh. Don't you know everyone wants to laugh? Good evening, Teen Timers. If you're in need of a laugh, I've got just the thing for you. In this week's Around Town with me, Andrew Dembina, we hear about an annual comedy fest that's already in full chuckle. Plus, its organizer tells us about workshops he holds to bring out your funny side. Hello, everyone. My name is Jamie Gong, and I'm the owner and founder of、uh, Take Out Comedy, the first full-time comedy club in Asia. And it's wonderful to bring more laughter into Hong Kong. And we are excited as、uh, the sixth annual Hong Kong International Comedy Festival is back this year, to October seventh. And it's wonderful to see this festival grow from two weeks to now five weeks. Well, this is great for everyone. We have our headliners. Andre King is、uh, debuting first non-American headliner I'm bringing over this week, September twentieth to twenty-second. Then we have Ruben Paul returning. The highlight, I believe, is always our competition. Chinese and especially the English. But this year we have 15 overseas comedians competing. The top prize is $35,000 cash and three gigs at top American comedy clubs. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andre King is one of the top comedians from New Zealand. He's my first non-American headlining comedian. Ruben Paul has been here already. This will be his third time. He's been on Lopez tonight. He just toured and opened for Russell Peters a couple months ago, early this year, all over Asia. So he's quite famous, and、uh, he's excited because this will be his third time returning back to Hong Kong. What about some of the local performers? The Hong Kong comedians. There, a lot of them are competing in our Chinese comedy competition, October fourth. Arguably, our biggest star, local comedian Vivek Mabobani. He's an Indian comedian. He's doing his Uh, one man show, Chinese one man show, September 30th. Jamie, you're bilingual yourself, right? I can speak Cantonese. I cannot read and write, but I can get by conversation in Cantonese. Now you perform in English. I know that. Do you ever perform in Cantonese yourself? I did in the beginning when we did not find enough Chinese comedians. Now I don't anymore. But in the beginning, when I did my Chinese、uh, jokes, did my English jokes verbatim in Chinese, did not get the same response. So I'm glad I'm not doing it anymore. Chinese style compared to English style, it's a bit longer stories. There are local Chinese comedians like Wang Jiwa, Hergumun. Maybe once a year. They do long shows, two or three hour shows. The English comedians, Chris Rock, Jerry Seinfeld, Robin Williams, Eddie Murphy, they'll do one hour. So you laugh just as much as one hour as maybe three hours for Chinese comedians. The English comedians have to talk less per minute, while the Chinese comedians have to talk more per minute because of longer stories and also because of the audiences. The audiences for the English, we're laughing out loud. Either I'm talking or you're laughing. But the Chinese audiences, because they hold it back or they're laughing inside, there's a lot more awkward silences. So Chinese comedians have to talk more. Per Minute than the English, and also the Chinese、uh, have less sarcasm than the English. For example, when I say, you know, in Hong Kong there are over 800 7-Elevens. Did you see in Central? There's a 7-Eleven inside of a 7-Eleven. I've said that verbatim in Chinese. I get two responses: one, where, or two, I don't understand. So they take things literally. They've never seen this style before. So we're doing American style stand-up. So right now it's wonderful to see us as we are fusing both worlds between Eastern and and Western. Stand up. Also, a difference in the styles is the Chinese. They're more slapstick. They're more physical. If you ask the locals, name a Chinese comedian. Oh, Wang Jiwa, right? Of course. But then they say maybe Stephen Chow, Jackie Chan, right? So, but we're talking about conventional stand-up comedian. This is the purest form of art. So to them, it's a brand new form of art. I've still got at least eight phone calls. Hello, Takeout Comedy Club. Oh yes, will there be stand-up comedy tonight? 
Yes. Would there be chairs? I don't want to stand around for two hours. And Seriously. And they're serious, right? So I used to laugh too. They don't know, so I don't blame them because this is such a brand new art form. We're taking it to a whole new level. We're finding the next generation of comedians. Some people, the older generations, might be very superstitious in Hong Kong. Can you play around with death and subjects like that? Yes, we, we have to play around. Sometimes we've been doing corporate shows also for the Chinese and they give us restrictions. Don't make fun of fat people. Don't do gay jokes because you know what? They're not used to us being as liberal as the expat shows. We understand this. So we're meeting halfway, we're working with them, but it's wonderful just to bring more live stand-up comedy here. Again, many people here in Hong Kong have seen comedy on TV, but live is not the same. That's also one of the challenges I have. While the Chinese people, they're very frugal with their money, why should they pay to laugh when they can laugh for free? That's also a challenge, but they don't know that live stand-up is not the same as on TV. Also, when they come see our shows, they're not used to the audience interaction. Another big difference between the Chinese comedians is that they're scripted. They have a three-hour script that they have to finish. But when we are up there, and I'm a comedian myself, for 10 minutes, 5 minutes, or 15 minutes, my number one job is to make you laugh as much as possible in the time that is given to me, not finish my script. So I can go off the beaten track and talk to people, what's your name, where you're from, and if they give me something, I can go ahead and try to think of something that they can give me. But the Chinese crowds are not used to that. Lots of times, they're shocked that we're even talking to them because they're not used to the comedian interacting with the audience, but that's the Western style. That's why we never would have found out all this unless we did this. <laughs> Well, I got started in 1989 when I went to Syracuse University. I love stand comedy, so I remember watching The Tonight Show Johnny Carson way back in the 80s. There was a comedy competition that went on campus, so I went up there on a dare. 1989, I made an ass out of myself. The same competition, one year later, did better than 1991. Two years later, I actually took third out of 16. And I'm glad I videotaped that, and the video is on my website. Then I, I took a little break, because in 1992, I took it for granted. I did a show in New York City, and I forgot my notes. I was a bit arrogant. I blanked on stage. I froze in front of like 200 people. That was 1992. I could not do it again until 1999. 1999, I turned 30. I was taking more seriously, taking more classes. And then I knew this was my calling. Then coming over here, my mother's from Hong Kong. I've come full circle to bring more comedy, to bring more laughter into Hong Kong. I'm a comedian myself who happens to run a comedy club. <laughs> For you young people who want to try something different, remember, we also teach comedy. Take our classes, do comedy. A lot of people take our classes and do comedy, not to even do stand-up, but to improve their public speaking. Your creativity, cleverness, communication skills, confidence all go up just by doing comedy. So I invite all of you young people, take our classes. You think you're funny? Come prove it. Tell us a bit more about these workshops. Are there formulas for what's funny? Uh, you analyze stuff, right? But there's different techniques. This is the hardest job in the world, but it's the greatest job in the world. A lot of people are funny among their friends, but when you're on stage with lights, microphone, and 100 people staring at you, it's high pressure. You have to be funny. That's the difference. But there's certain guidelines. We teach, we give you uh, certain basic rules that you have to follow. And it's tough because this takes time. I would tell you straight out that you will fail, but you will fail to succeed. Some people say, I cannot do that. I'm not funny. Well, you know what? You not being funny is funny. Stephen Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T, is a award-winning comedian who's so deadpan, right? You meet him at a bar. Hi, how are you? You walk away, he's so boring, but he's an award-winning comedian. You cannot tell whether you can do it or not unless you do it. Before we leave you today, can you just give us maybe one or two pointers for people to bear in mind if they want to be funny? When you're up there and this takes years for someone to even perfect their skills, so be patient, stay humble, right? If you want to be a successful comedian, I'll tell everyone, be coachable. You better learn how to take criticism well. Don't think you're funnier than you are because it's a whole new world when you're actually up there and try and make a room for the strangers laugh. Keep your ego down and make sure you learn and be coachable. Keep laughing. That was James. 
Jamie Gong, founder of Takeout Comedy Club and organiser of the 6th Annual International Comedy Festival, which is on right now till October the 7th. Find out about all these amusing evenings and his comedy workshops at www.takeoutcomedy.com. Takeout Comedy is all one word. That's all from Around Town with me, Andrew Dembina. Until next Tuesday evening, have a good week. Listen back to this report and see text details on our online archive at rthk.hk slash special slash teen time. Take a laugh. <laughs>